This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. Welcome back, Patriots. Have you ever guessed where the true power of America resides? Not in the swamp in D.C., but in your county, in your community. That's where the true power resides. Got a big show. It's a long interview, but well worth listening to. Jackie Martin is a great patriot of this country, and you need to listen to her experience and how she got involved in her local government and made changes and differences as it relates to her life and her family's life. Got a choice. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of the Patriots' way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. My guest today is Jackie Martin. Jackie Martin is the state director for Convention of States in Arkansas. But what's more important than having a title in an organization is an individual that actually does something, that has action, that has been around and developed local government and been involved in local government to change the lives of the people within her county and within her state. And Jackie Martin is very experienced in that. She has been around for many years in Arkansas. When the Tea Party started and Obama was, you know, going off on his tangent about this, going to change the world, going to make America different. And she became part of that movement to understand that we can no longer have a government, a national federal government that understands who we are within the realm of the counties and the states that we live in. But this is what is happening. The government, the federal government is trying to infiltrate and tell us how to live our lives. And Jackie Martin is fighting it. She fights it every day. She's a justice of peace in Claiborne County, Arkansas. But also, she was part of the original Tea Party. And I'm going to bring her on so we can talk about her experience of going from, okay, just kind of doing what America tells us to do to, wait a minute, step back, this is not right, and getting involved. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. It's a pleasure to having you with us on the Patriot Cause. Thank you so much for being the patriot that you are. And more importantly, for standing up, getting off the couch, throwing the bonbons in the trash, <laughs> and welcome to the Patriot Cause. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. 
Awesome. So let's 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 kind of solidify what being a citizen, a person of your stature and understanding how you got from just kind of floating around in the country going, wait a minute, now it's time to engage. So tell us about that. Okay. Well, I kind of have to go back to when I lived in Houston, Texas, and I had two little boys in the second largest school district there. And even though they were making A's on the report card, they didn't know how to read, they didn't know how to write, they didn't know how to do math. So there was a disconnect there. And I actually took time off of work to sit in on their classes and really understand, begin to understand what they were dealing with. And then I undertook educating them at home to get them caught up. But at the same time, uh, there were other parents in the school district that were having the same problems with their kids. And so we kind of started um, thinking about what, what, what did we need to do to correct the situation? Now that we knew what the problem was, how did we fix it? I am not an activist that goes off half cocked. I have to really know the subject that I am conversing about. And because you lose credibility if you don't do your homework and credibility is all you have really when you're in the political realm of things because there's always someone out there waiting to trip you up. So I spent a couple of years every weekend at the University of Houston in their education department using an online database to find out why 65% of adults in the United States between 18 and 65 years of age were functionally illiterate, even though they had gone through 12 years of school in the United States. Functional illiteracy means that they cannot read their medicine bottles to determine what medication they need to take and how many doses a day. So um, the problem entered when whole language was introduced by John Dewey, who was a Marxist communist who was trained by the Bolsheviks to come in and begin infiltration of our education department, our educational system in the United States. All of this is documented, it's very easily to research, but I, I read over 150 peer-reviewed studies of what was the best way to teach children how to read. And the best way to teach children how to read is phonics-based reading programs. However, mm -hmm. in our school districts, they had chosen what they call whole language. Yes. Okay? And to understand what whole language is, it was developed in 1894 by a German doctor who was teaching deaf mute children how to read. How do you teach a deaf mute child how to read? Well, they can't see, they can't hear. <laughs> they know. can see, but they can't hear and they can't right. speak. So um, they, they teach them word memorization. Do you remember the Dick Jane Sally books? I do. Yes, okay. I remember that. You remember how they go run, 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 go, 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 see spot, run, run, Sally, run over and over and over again? I do. That's whole language. Oh, okay. That, now it makes sense. The problem with that is whole language, by the time a child enters kindergarten and graduates high school, they can read 5,000 words. There's over 157,000 words in the dictionary. 
So when you wow. start studying this, um, you start asking yourself the question, why? Why would they use a fallible methodology to teach reading? So like an innocent little parent of young children in the public school system, I gathered up my studies and I made an appointment with the superintendent only to be told that it was more important for a child to have a healthy self-esteem than it was for them to be able to read. Right, right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if so, you can't read, you can't think. <laughs> so what you're saying, what I'm getting from what you're talking about is you're starting to get engaged because yeah. of actions of what was going on with the children that, that you had in the schools in Houston and how you're trying to understand why your children are not getting the, 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 the right education. So that kind of sparked you towards trying to do this research and understanding what things are going on. Yes. And once I started understanding the subject matter and understanding that the children weren't failing the system, the system was failing the children. Um, exactly. And, and it still is. It still is failing our children. And, and that's, that's to, to add towards it, it, it hasn't changed from a national uh, a level. It's actually gotten... Uh, 10 times worse because now with the critical race theory, you know, objectives of the education system of infiltrating a child's mind yep. towards what you were talking about, no longer about facts and subjects and, you know, information that will grow that person to become a uh, absolute positive citizen into the construction of the country into instead a robotic type mind of feelings and understanding that, you know, your how you feel is more important than the facts and how you think is more important than the reality. And it's, yes. it's, it's a lot worse. Yes, it's a lot worse today than it was, uh, what was that, 30 years ago? I'm telling my age now, but um, I yanked my children out of the public school system and homeschooled them. But at the same time, like I said, there were other parents having the same problem. And this is where I learned how to use the Freedom of Information Act to get information mm -hmm. from the school district. You need to understand that school districts, public school districts are funded by tax dollars. They're yes. not free. Everybody thinks it's free public education. No, it's not. You pay taxes. Typically it comes out of property taxes or sales taxes. Here in Arkansas, it's property taxes. But you are paying, your, your money is going to support the public school system. So because of that, you as a citizen have the right to gain access to what they are doing in your public school system. Correct. So I use the Freedom of Information Act to, um, and I, I, I ask for everything, telephone calls, emails, text messages, which back then they didn't have cell phones, but that's what I do now, ask for text messages, um, any documentation, 
um, the curriculum that they're using, all, all of, I asked for everything of it. And what I got was they had done a survey in the school district that my children were going to school in. And the teachers were very open about what they were having to deal with. The teachers are dealing with things too. And so they were saying, we are told not to give failing grades. We are passing whole classes through that don't know how to read. Mm. They were very being very open. This is all driven from the top down. This right. started when President Jimmy Carter started the Department of Education and the federalization of the public school system was taken over. Prior to that, states and local governments were the ones that determined what was taught in our public school system. That's why right. when you and I went to public school, we actually got educated. But Absolutely. Once federalized at the federal level this is when your teacher unions there's two major teacher unions come into play they started to dictate everything and these unions are infiltrated with marxists yes. this is where all of this comes into play they call themselves change agents they yeah. are placed in the public school system to totally change your child's perspective. I bound them on values clarification. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, so you're trying to clarify my children's values. We are a Christian family. We teach our children it's wrong to lie, cheat, and steal. You need to love your fellow man. You need to accept your fellow man. God loves all of us. He doesn't pay, play any favoritism, etc. But they Amen. were trying to clarify my children's values based on Marxist ideology yes. and new age theology. So I got, I had to go do some research on new age had, and I was really steeped in Marxist ideology so that I, I could readily identify it. Mm -hmm. So the parents that worked with me, we formed a parent support group called PACT, P-A-C-T, Parent Advocates for Children and Teachers. Because really education should be the parents and the teachers joining together to provide the best educational environment for your children. Do you remember wrote, the do you, do you remember the PTA? Remember that? When you had the oh, yes. parents and PTA teachers. Was taken yeah. Remember but that? The PTA was taken over by exactly. the scholars in the school districts. Exactly. So, they, they were neutered, very, I'm all, almost in the very beginning, they were neutered. All they did was raise money to de decorate the principal's office. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not interested in that. No, the way I intend yep. to help my children and the other students in this school is to get better curriculum in schools. Absolutely. But then you start looking at, okay, how do they get better curriculum? And that's a whole nother story about how curriculum is, is, is uh, it's developed. In, yes. Yeah. Developed and then it's, and yeah, it's that's, sold. that's part of, you know, the big business thing because yes. uh, is there's a lot of money. There's a huge amount of money in developing books and getting contracts with, you know, the massive federal education bureaucracy 
And see, Did you and, know that, that Bill Gates owns the largest publisher of public school curriculum? I had no idea. Absolutely yeah. not. I did not know that. Yes. Well, it makes sense if you're if you're on that side of the fence, if you're on the One Marxist side government. of the fence. Yep. Yep. If you're on that side of the fence, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed yes. to you're supposed to stop all of this, you know, parents teaching their kids, and you're supposed to stop all of this conservative ideas of freedom and you know, life built upon family values. You're supposed to stop all that if you're in the other side of the fence of power and I know better for your child than you do. That's That doesn't surprise me a bit. Well, you know, when you start getting engaged, it's like an onion. You know, you peel one layer off of another. Yes, yes. Okay. And it is very time consuming, but I held down a full-time job and did all of this. So it's doable. The question is how committed are you as a person into becoming engaged to make a better community? Right. Because the way I look at it, the core uh, to our society is the family. It is. Okay. When I, when my children were born, I'm like, oh my gosh, this little person is so totally dependent on me for his very life. So, so how do you, you, so how do you go from the environment, you know, and the struggles with your children, right? Because now your children are older. They're, yeah, they're grown parents, and they own- you know, they have grandkids and they have their own families. So how do you go from there? into more advanced understanding of, you know, use the word activist. And activist mm-hmm. is thrown around, to, to, in my mind, it's kind of thrown around like, you know, everybody wearing a diaper. And if you got the same diaper, then you're the same activist. I, I don't look at it that way. To me, it's not activism. What it is, is it's taking the the rights that God has given us and shining a light. It's, it's yes. getting involved to where the people that you are engaging with can see, actually see in you goodness, not, not just an activism, you know, holding a sign up and say, you know, like Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Well, the difference is what you do is you, you act, you present, you talk to people. So how do you go from how did you go from that environment and start into this quote, you know, governmental understanding saying, I've got to do something. I've got to go into the tea party. I've got to go into my local government. How do you get, how do you get from where you're at to there? Okay. So I started, I didn't hardly know anything. All I did was research. What was the best way to teach reading? So then when I had the meeting with the superintendent was like, hmm, and they're the governing body. You have to understand that the school board and the superintendent are the governing bodies in the public school. But now the school board is nothing more than a rubber stamper of the superintendent, but they are a governmental body. They're a local governmental body. Right. If people want to change the schools, you need to be elected to your local school board. 
It's very easy to do it. Most people don't even know that uh, there's a school board election. So if, if you get um, filed to run for a position on the school board, which I think you just have, all you have to do is gather signatures. I'm researching that right now in Arkansas. It's always research. You're always learning as you go along. So if you don't know it at the very beginning, don't feel inadequate. It's just knowing where you, you go to get the information. That's why the internet is so valuable right now. We need to use right. it before we lose right. it. Yes. So um, what I see what's happening with the CRT and the parents revolting and everything. That's awesome. I wish I'd had that 30 years ago, but I couldn't, sure. you know, I was having a hard time getting a lot of people educated. And mm. um, so the way you you're going to get control back of your schools is get elected, you know, like-minded people, conservatives, like-minded people, freedom-loving Americans who want the same thing for their children and their grandchildren and on and on to have freedom for their progeny. They must start now and they must mm. get elected to your local school board. And these elections are nonpartisan and they are very easy to file and run an, uh, an election and get elected, okay? Um, so as I went along in fighting the local school districts, there was, um, in Texas, the Republican party started taking note of my activities and they got very interested because gotcha. you know one of their platforms is improving education. So they asked me to look into, you know, joining the Republican Party and, and working together with them to see what could happen. I am not a partisan. However, the Republican Party aligns more with my uh, political ideology than the Democrat Party at this point in time. Sure. So I got involved with the Republican Party in Texas and I learned how the party system worked. So, okay, fast forward here to Arkansas. Everybody's sitting on the um, couch, screaming and yelling at the TV. This is right after Obama got elected. And what did he say right before he was inaugurated? You know, we're five days away from transforming the United States. I exactly. Knew exactly what, exactly he, what he was talking Marxist about. Marxist yep. lingo. Absolutely. And so, um, so I got off the couch again, you know, cause I raised my kids, got them educated. They're, they got married, they started their own lives. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I don't have to do this anymore. Nope. nope. And I even had a battle with the Lord. So, okay, Lord, you need to pick on somebody else. Mm -hmm. I really like being a private citizen. But what he showed me was I had a lot of knowledge and experience that most people didn't. And he wanted me to teach as many people as I could on how to do what I did. Right. So um, when the Tea Party started, um, well, actually in Arkansas, I went to a county committee meeting in my in Cleburne County where I live. And I, most of the people were well over 65 years old in the county committee. Mm. And I'm like, this is not, this is going nowhere. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it's changing now, but um, now there's, uh, we're getting a lot more, I'd say 30, 40 somethings interested. And in, in once they understand how the political process works, 
So I got involved in the Tea Party movement at the same time I joined the Republican County Committee here. And uh, we were movers and shakers because a lot of people were upset. And uh, a friend of mine in White County, we joined together and had kind of like a joint Tea Party thing, but we had weekly meetings and we had 125 people every week coming to my, mm. pe- my Tea Party um, group. So then we got the idiot, the idea of, um, you know, we need to replicate ourselves county to county to county because there's only two things politicians take note of. One, do you have the money to help them get reelected? Yes. Two, the numbers. Yep. Are there enough people screaming and yelling about something that I have to take note? And you can't, rid? yeah, and you can't scream and yell at your TV and expect a representative to hear you. <laughs> you oh, know? no, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have to reach out to them because they're not going to reach out to you. Uh, absolutely. And, and part of the um, part of the problem is um, the people who make up our state legislature legislators, I would say the majority of them don't even know what federalism is. That is what sure. makes the United States unique is federalism. Absolutely. But what is federalism? The founding fathers didn't want to battle another king or another strong centralized government. So mm-hmm. they replicated the structure of the federal government with an executive, legislative, and judicial branch yep. at the state level. And then that was replicated at the local at level. At the county level. Yep. Right. And so they what they said was, okay, we're gonna retain these powers, <laughs> the, the enumerated powers in section eight of article one of the US constitution. You can read them yourself. They're right there in the constitution. They're limited. Yes. The powers granted to Congress by the US constitution are limited. And then the states were left up to make up everything else. That's why the states did education for almost 200 years, not the federal government. And it's like I tell people all the time, the federal government, they get involved in anything, they screw it up. But they screw it up for a reason because now every part of our society has been infiltrated by Marxists. This yes. is a takeover. It is. Of our government and our way of life. So I, I could <laughs> I wish I could just stand on the side of a tower. You know, in the Bible, it talks about watchers on the towers. Uh And, you know, back in biblical times, cities were uh, walled up and they were gated to protect themselves from the enemy invading. Okay. So they would put watchers on the tower. And the purpose of the watcher was to watch to see when the enemies were in the distance and they were coming. I have been a watcher on the tower since 1985 and i've seen it get worse not better yep and if so to, up, it's going to be worse yep so to follow up with what you're saying i want you to think about this is you know the founding fathers understood this conceptual idea of self-governance right understood that communities and people involved could change the environment in which they live in that's what self-governance yes. is. And if something is gets out of whack, then the people stand up and go, nope, 
this is out of whack. So here's a great example. If, if you live in a city or a town and you go and you vote for a mayor, chances are a lot of, a lot of people within that community involvement, county, city, know who that person is. A lot of them have engaged in, in dialogue or at least, you know, ate dinner with the, with the person that's going to run for mayor. So they, ha they have a sense of who they are. As you well, progress, they go to church with them. Exactly. Their kids as you progress up the them. ladder, as you progress up the ladder, and then you go into the state government, right? And then eventually the federal government. I have four people that represent me in the county that I live in, which is part of certain districts, right? right. I have two senators, two representatives, and well, actually I have, uh, yeah, two representatives and two senators that are at the state level. And then I have two senators and a representative at the federal level. I don't know any of these people. And maybe it's because I haven't lived here long enough, but the point I'm making is the higher up that are, you know, the, you know, stature or whatever you want to call it in this government structure, the more disconnected you get. So then you're voting for somebody that's on a piece of paper. And that's where the failure is. That's where people don't realize that they're voting for somebody that may say something out of their mouth on the TV or some kind of interview and they go, Oh, that's a good guy. But his background or her background may have been terrible towards your values. Yeah. So they don't do the research. They don't do the oh, things I, they're lazy or, or they're just, you know, they're, so yeah, they're that's what voters. Yep. Exactly. No, no, or low information or no information, information voters. But so this is where I think we're, what you're talking about is the, the core values of being in a county and trying and, and working together within a X number of people has a whole lot more power than what the federal government has. But over time, that power has shifted. And now you have elites in federal government and elites in the, in the state government that are pushing this power, their ideologies into the county to where the county doesn't have the strength because of the lack of the people like you are to fight back and say, no, you're not going to put CRT in our school. So this is this is the scenario. This is where we're at, because we don't have enough people that are standing up just within their county. It's real easy for the state and the federal government just to push stuff down. Well, OK, so people need to understand how our government works, number one. OK, and that's a problem because only 27 percent of the American people can tell you the three branches of government that we have. Then wow. on top of that, they have no understanding of checks and balances. And over time, you've seen at the federal level where Congress has ceded a lot of their power either to the executive branch or to the judicial branch. The judicial branch was never to have the power that the current Supreme Court has. 
Okay, then you go to the state level. Same thing's happening there where the state legislature is ceding a lot of their legislative power to the executive branch. Okay, if you go down to the local level, the same thing is happening there where you have the good old boy system pretty much running everything for their own personal benefit. You know how elitists are, they're, they're not, the elitists are made. They're not created, they're made. They get into government, they see the benefit of being in government, they benefit financially and right. uh, reputation-wise, uh, they benefit from being in government because people, oh, you're the mayor, oh, oh, you're the county judge. That does not mean anything once you start going into it. And, and unfortunately, like I live in a small rural community. I think we maybe have 25,000 people in the entire county, but they treat elections like they're high school popularity contests. Exactly. And, you know, and I'll talk to them about, well, do you know that your county the judge is doing da, 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 da. And they go, but I went to school with him and he's a good guy. I said, you do not understand. Yep. He is not a good guy. So corruption starts at the local level. If you allow it, it to happen, it will start at the local level because that's the great thing the founders understood was human nature. Yes. We have lost that knowledge and the wisdom that comes along with it, understanding human nature, because um, we have don't study the word of God anymore. Yes. That's why. And so we don't have morals. You know, John Adams, the second president of the United States, wrote that our form of government was made for a moral people. Well, now anything goes. Can you, know, you have... You can't, you can't judge me. You're not supposed to judge me. So now it creeps into your government. Right. Now can you have... Can you have a community in the United States today? Is it possible to have a community from a, a small city to a county where the word of God actually drives these people to live their lives? Is that still possible? Well, um, the problem with, and you know, Arkansas is in the Bible Belt, and they know how to when to bow their heads, fold their hands, and write the check. Yes. But are they really walking their talk? Right. So the country so, was founded. This country was founded on that basis. They yes, were coming. They were coming from tyranny of kings and and monarchies and all that stuff. And they said, we want a place and develop a country where the word of God drives our abilities to, to live our lives. And the government structure was originally, originally based on that, right? Right. Or at least allow us the freedom to worship our God as right. we are directed by him how to live out our lives and it's you know exactly. the instructions are pretty clear love god with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and the second one is like it love your love, neighbor love your yourself. neighbor so when the country started shifting 
as early as early back to the you know 1920s 1930s this country and then by the time we hit the 70s it, it became radically prevalent to most especially most of the christian citizens in the country that mm-hmm. the government itself is no longer being directed and the laws are being established based upon the word of God and the, well, the, the things that you're talking about. Right. And, and, you know, you hear people say, well, you can't legislate morality. I'm like, I'm sorry. You do that every day. You make murder. Yes. Wrong. Yes. That's morality. You, you make a steep stealing wrong. That's morality. You may yes. be bearing false witness on a witness stand. That's perjury. That's yep. morality. No, yep, but you that's, can't legislate yes. a person to not commit adultery or do right. anything like that. That's between them and their God. But yep. to have a society that works together, there has to be some understanding of how you're going to live in community. You got to have a basis. You got to have a foundation. Exactly. Exactly. If, so, if the foundation crumbles, then the government has the ability to make whatever law they want to make and, and drive the direction of the people wherever they want to drive them because the people well, no think, longer have a foundation, right? Right. And think about this. Convention of State stands for self-governance. It starts with you. If you can't govern yourself. Yes. How are you going to impact society? That's a fact. So that is a fact. you have to clean up your own self. Yes. You know, it's like Jesus said, take the log out of your own eyes so that you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Correct. So you, it starts self, and that's what I used to, when I was a Tea Party leader, I said, hey, we're all screaming and yelling about our government. Well, what about you? It starts with you. It starts with your family. Then out of their family, it starts, you know, then you branch out into community. It's how do you interact with people at work? How do you interact with people at church? How do you interact with, you know, different aspects of society? And the more that we, the more we become less moral, the more laws that have to be passed to control our behavior behavior until now it's at the point where the average American violates the law. I think the average, the last average I saw was over a hundred times a day laws that have been written that they violate in their exercise of being a free human agent. Absolutely. So So it all ties together and there is a spiritual uh, aspect to being a conservative activist. You Absolutely. have to have an understanding of the basic foundation of what we stand on as Americans. So you're right, now, the first religion. now that you have, I mean, you spent a lot of time in a tea party. It came and collapsed. And I think it collapsed on the same foundation that we're talking about. Where, where it was neutered self- by the Republican Party. If you want to know yep. the truth. It was, it was neutered by the Republican Party. 
Well, the reason is because, you know, again, self-governance was standing up, but the yeah. elitist, I don't care what side the world you're on, the elitist said, no way, there's no way we're going to allow the power to be shifted back to the people of this country, and they pushed down on it. All right. Once you learned all of those things, all of those processes, and 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 rose up this uh, large Tea Party movement because, I mean, you yep. developed and created eight different movements or eight different organizations in the Tea Party within Arkansas. Yeah. So well, now, I, go ahead. What I did was I went into eight different counties, including not counting mine, so it was nine, um, and. A lot of them were counties that had no political party affiliation. They didn't have a, a county committee. Right. Okay. Right. So I went into these counties and we created a Tea Party group. And then I taught them how to get involved in the political process. You have more power than you think you do. And it's not just going into the voting booth. If right. you get on a political party's committee, then you have the power to decide who gets on put on the ballot. Yes. You decide what quality of candidate gets put on your ballot to represent your party in the local government. Now, the political party uses local governing bodies like Quorum Court, here it's called, but in other states it's called commissioners. Um, and your city councils, those are like uh, stables. So uh, if they need a state legislator, they'll go to those governing bodies within your county and say, hey, would you consider being a state legislator? Mm. And so it bubbles up. So if you, as an individual, get plugged into a political party, and I invite you to go get on the Democrat Central Committee, if you think you can change that party, have at it. But we have enough problems changing Republicans yes. because establishment people come in every color. Marxists come in every ideology. And if you don't think they're not in the Republican Party, then you yeah. don't know really what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, if you get on the Republican Party, you are allowed to vet your candidates for local government. Mm hmm. So if they turn out to be really good uh, public servants and they really represent the people and the people like them and they get a reputation, then those are the ones that the state party takes notice of. So if they need a candidate to run for a state house district or a state senate district, they're going to come to that person that the general population thinks he's great, he does a good job as an elected official at the local level, they'll try to get him moved up into the state. This is how it works, state right. level. So if you elect a good person at the local level, guess what? If he gets to the state level, you just put him at the state level where he has more influence over the state now, okay? Right. Because they vote not just for your district, but the, for the whole state when they make a vote. Then- okay, so looking for a federal candidate, guess where they go? Where's that? They go to the state legislature. Yes. Or they'll go to the constitutional offices like 
a governor, a lieutenant governor, yeah. secretary of state, etc. Yep. Gotcha. So, but it starts at the local level where the citizenry plug in and they form the committee and they decide how they're going to vet the candidates and what characteristic those candidates are going to have or they're not awesome. getting on the ballot. That's okay, so, works. yep. So what I, where I want to go now is this. Jackie doesn't just talk like a lot of us do, saying, yep, I get it. Got to do this, got to do that. Jackie does. And what I mean by does is, is Jackie is in the local government. She got elected as the one of the Claiborne County Justice of Peace. And when she did get elected and she said, well, I'm got elected as Justice of Peace. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you can marry me now, right? So, so my mind, I'm going, okay, so she can marry me. But well, no, that position is a lot more than what maybe the average citizen will, will know. What I would like for you to, to help us understand is when you did get elected, into this position and, and become part of this quorum court, explain that process, explain your experience, and then explain what you're doing to try to change the mindset of this quorum court in your county. Okay. Um, the way I got elected was unique in that the previous justice of the peace after the primary, he didn't have a primary opponent. He moved out of his district. So when he did that, there was no one for the Republican party to run for that position on the ballot. So the state election laws, and it's very important for you to understand your state election laws, allows the county committee or the of the political party, this type of activity impacts to hold a convention where they select the candidate that they want to go in the ballot. Again, this is where the power comes in. And so I ran to be the person to be placed on the ballot to be elected to the, the vacated position and I won. So I won at the, county, uh, at the county convention and then to have my name placed on the ballot and then I won my seat as a justice of the peace because I had no other political opponent. Um, so what the justice of the peace is, is your representative at the county governance level. And a lot of what we do is boring. However, some of it can get pretty um, interesting and some of it can uh, uncover some corruption that's going on. So do you and have, do, do you found. feel that you have an actual voice now uh, to where you can have a, uh, a better impact as an elected official in your county compared to if you're, you know, if you're at home and just voting or just picking somebody off of some ballot? Absolutely. Um, a colleague of mine that I work with closely on the uh, um, quorum court, which is the um, what we call the county governance body, the legislative body of the county is what we call quorum court here in Arkansas. 
he came to me and he presented a what we called a bill of rights sanctu a county sanctuary bill ordinance where um, our constitutional rights at the at the federal and state levels were preserved if the federal level uh, the federal government would send in agents to strip us of mainly our second amendment rights and uh, he and I fought hard to get that passed and we did we we got it passed with a, a simple majority we have 11 on quorum court and we passed it with six the county judge vetoed it so um, it didn't it made a lot of people very unhappy that he did that so we came back to override the veto. The county judge pulled a couple of our votes away from us. And so we failed at overriding the veto. Fortunately, um, state Senator Gary Stubblefield carried a bill in the state legislature that did basically what we were trying to do. We're fortunate here in Cleveland County because our sheriff is very much into no, I will not allow federal agents to come in here and take away your second amendment rights. The sheriff does have that power. So um, I was able to impact that. And then we have been working on a countywide ambulance service. And this is where the corruption is starting to pop up. And um, this company that we are looking at contracting with to cover, provide countywide ambulance, but they're already doing it. To make a long story short, the city, uh, the, the center of government in our county, the city, entered into a franchise agreement with an ambulance company that really had no experience in ground ambulance, only in air med. And um, we live in a county with a big hole in it. We have a 44,000 acre lake. So it's difficult for a ground ambulance to service all of the county. So we're looking at that, but the city franchise, to get the franchise, the company said they would cover all of the county. Now they've come back and they want the county to pay tax dollars to uh, keep them servicing the county. And I'm like, we already have a judge it's already said because of the way the city wrote their ordinance that your proposal where you state any city, township, or EMS district um, in the county you would service is a binding contract. Why should I pay you $125,000 a year of public tax monies to service county broads uh, county ambulance service when you're already doing it anyway. So uh, the county judge doesn't like me very much because I, I do my homework, I do my due diligence, and I um, look at all of this and I in the light from a business perspective, really. But I don't like ca crony capitalism. Do you know what that is? I do. It's it's. Uh, individuals or a number of individuals that feel that they have the power over the citizens in which they are serving. And it's, it's more of like you're talking about the good old boy network, 
type thing, you know. Well, it, and, it's kind of like what you see in the federal government. They're picking the winners and losers in the business world. Okay. Exactly. It happens at the local level too. So now you've got the mayor of the city and the county judge of the county, the two main governing bodies in our county that have joined together to promote this one company. And so now they want public tax money. And they're a private for profit company. That's capital, that's crony capitalism. Absolutely. And um, they will not provide us a list of investors in their company because I have a sneaking suspicion that the leaders in our government, in our county, and in our city are invested, as well as some other movers and shakers yes. in the community. Yep. And that's the thing is the, the, the real crony part is, you know, they're in bed with this company, whether it's, whether it's due to investment dollars that they, they've put in, or they will use these companies to further their political careers. So, you know, when the yes, ambulance service goes that. out there and, and they'll say, oh, you got to vote for Mayor Smuckatelli because, you know, he's the greatest thing on sliced bread. And the only reason you're saying that is because he's taking your tax dollars to pay for the ambulance service. It's the only reason they, they, that they but, say that. They don't, they don't know who the mayor is, you know. Well, because this company is getting favors from that, that entity. Yes. And because the elected official is benefiting, I can't prove it, but benefiting in some way, because you can tell when someone has bought into something because they will defend it to the hilt, even though you can prove time and time again, they are not fulfilling their contractual obligations. So, Absolutely. Um, right now, uh, our next quorum court meeting will be voting on this. I, I, I haven't seen the final contract yet, but I told them, I said, you, the ambulance company in the city have already entered into an agreement that has involved the county, which the city didn't have the authority to do. And so before I enter into a con contract with this company at the county governance level, y'all need to fix the problem. Yes. Because you have a circuit court judge who has said that is a binding contract between those two entities. Right. So um, I said, it's very easily fixed. The ambulance company goes to the city and say, we need to amend the ordinance so I can enter into a contract with the county. But now I'm like, I still have, I just have this little niggling feeling in my gut just because I understand human nature. Right. That there's just something not kosher here. And right. And which is, yep. Yeah, which is a, is a, is a good reason why you are there because this is what self-governance is. Yes. It's, it's not thinking about yourself. It's thinking about the people that have one elected you into position and what's best for your county, what's best for the, the people that pay the taxes. So what I want to do to, to, to finish up and to finalize this is you have all this knowledge, Jackie, and, and you've made it through this process and you're actually sitting on, you know, the, the quorum court and you you're involved and you, now you have a, a microphone where you can, make changes and, and you're doing that. If I'm Johnny, you know, 
TV watcher every day. And I says, Oh, okay. So how do I get involved? What, what do I do? Do I go to like the courthouse in my town and go, you know, what are the positions I can run for? How does a person actually do the research to go in and try to find and be part of, you know, these county slash city involvement uh, and, and be able to understand that I want to be involved and how easy it is to do it. So how do, how do, how do I do that? Okay. I think the first thing people need to understand, because I, I understand why people are like, oh, I don't want to get in politics. That's just so, blah, blah, blah. I just don't want to do that. I get it. Trust me. I hate it too. But unfortunately, that's the way it is. And so I view political parties as a tool. Okay, to achieve my end goals, which is to create an, an environment in my community of self-governing individuals that are moral, standing, upright people that do the right thing because they love their fellow man. And in the process, freedom is preserved for my children, my grandchildren, and any other progeny after them. So how do you do that? So you have to look at the landscape, you know, uh, I think it was, um, what was his name, Patton, who was very good at reading the books written by his enemies. Rommel wrote a book on- Yes, uh, exactly. Know, know your enemy, know what they think, right. know what their That's strategy exactly is. Right. So you got to understand the political landscape. Start with going to the Secretary of State because they are responsible for administering the election laws passed by the state legislature. So you need to learn the election laws. Go to your county clerk. They're the person who's responsible for maintaining the records on who your local elected officials are. And she can tell you when your quorum or commissioner courts meet for the county governance and or where when or or where your city council meets okay um then she also retains or he retains the uh information about who is the county chairman for the republican county committee and who is the uh, democrat county chairman for the democrat county committee and sometimes you'll find the libertarian county committee in there but they're very rare uh, they're totally structured differently. But you need to understand that the Republicans and Democrat Party wrote the election laws. So whichever party is in power, they have the opportunity to rewrite the rules on how people are going to get elected. This is why it's so important to get plugged in to those county committees. So once you uh, get plugged in and you're in those uh, political party committees will help you get elected. That's where, you know, if you want to run for a lo local office, whether it's Republican or Democrat, they will help you get elected. That's where your fundraising occurs is at the county level. State right. elected officials, they go to the county committees because that's where the fundraising is done. You, even your federally elected officials, uh, they come to the county committees because they need that support at the local level to support their campaigns. Right. So it kind of bubbles from the bottom up. 
So once you get that going and you understand, you will have to pay a filing fee to run. And that's kind of like a fundraiser for your local county committee. There's really kind of their major fundraiser of the year. But you pay a filing fee for like JP here in Cleveland County, it's $150. They will reimburse you your, your filing fee if you win. Now there's two elections in the year. If you have an opponent, like let's say two people in the Republican party to decide to run for the same JP slot. So you have to run in a primary. So what the primary does is the voters decide between the two candidates who they really want to represent that position in a Republican party on the general election ballot, which is the ballot you vote on in November. Gotcha. So if you have an opponent after you file, then you're going to have a primary. And if you win your primary, then your name goes on the ballot for the general election. And that's who right. people vote for. And that's where you actually are elected. And then your term starts January 1 and you're sworn in. And you're sworn to protect and defend the U.S. Constitution and the Arkansas State Constitution. Awesome. So it's, it's not like, well... <laughs> It's not like if I'm if I want to get involved and, and do something that oh I gotta know somebody and I gotta get you know ten thousand dollars to run for justice of peace and all that. It, that's not you know a lot of people think that's the way it works. You gotta have like all this money for campaigning and everything, but at a local level, you can be involved from just walking out the door of your house. You just gotta go do it. Well, you know what? It's like my grandmother used to say, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> okay. Being Absolutely. nice to people and being um, courteous and respectful is not political in my book. No, it's, it's not. loving your neighbor, okay? Yes. Now, do people stab each other in the back in politics? Absolutely. I've had my head cut off so many times, I'm surprised I'm still walking around. But you know well, what? You're well, in a war. We're in a war to win are. our country back. You're going to yep. win some battles and you're going to lose some. If you lose a battle, or what are you going to do? You're going to give up? Because this is the problem that I've had over and over and over again since 1985. When the going gets hard, people give up. They do. They're not. It's easy. Not it's, that's the easy road out. Yes. They can't do the hard things. Well, let me tell you something. The hard things are what's valuable in life. Yes. And it makes it worthwhile. And the, the thing that you're talking about is, is simple. We are yes. supposed to hate the sin, hate the corruption, hate the things that people do. We don't hate the people. And as long as Absolutely. you have that idea, you can have a discussion. You can debate things as long as that is in your mind and understand that. When you start hating each other, and no matter what political party or where you come from, you can't have discussions because then you're looking at the person going, well, I, I, I can't talk to this person because I just don't like them. That's, that's not the way to, to, 
to successfully have self-governance. Self-governance is well, listening to everybody, whether you character, you know, character-wise, this person may not kind of fit in your bucket. But if if you hate that person, I mean, absolutely hate because I know you don't hate this judge guy, or you know, I know you don't. No, you just hate what he is trying to push or his values or things that you know that that he is. And that's what we need to to defend it. That's how we have that's how we defend it. Not through just going, I'm not going to talk to this guy because he's an idiot. Then you're not solving anything. But well, then then you're getting to an area now where okay, so like there's 11 people on my county committee. I mean, not county committee on the quorum court. I would say probably one, two, three, four, five are um, in his back pocket. Yeah. So what do you do about that? Just you find people in those those districts that are in the back pocket of the county judge because they're really not interested in representing the best interests for their constituents and you find someone in their district to run against them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the way it works. And, and actually, you know, uh, these offices at the county level, they don't, they don't take a lot of money to, to run for JP. This, like uh, in Arkansas for the city council, um, all you have to do is get, I think, 30 or 40 signatures on a petition asking you to run yep. as a candidate. Okay, you don't yep. even have to pay a filing fee. Um, yep. And those campaigns don't cost you very much either. Yep. Uh, but you can always find a circle of people. You know, before you run, fill some people out. Your friends, start with your friends, start with your family if you have family in the area and say, look, I'm thinking about running for, even talk to your church people. I'm thinking about running for Justice of the Peace and what do you think about that? And do you think I would have a good opportunity to win the office? And would you be willing to support me? I can guarantee you, if you are an upright person and you have that reputation, people will come out of the woodwork to support you. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's not going to be money out of your pocket to run the campaign. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, the times that I've run for JP, because this is my second time, because I, I was in a different district. I moved out of that district into the city. And, you know, like on the ambulance thing, all of my constituents have ambulance coverage. Yep. So I could go along to just get along and not cause the judge to hate me. But that's not what's best for everyone. It's not what's that's best correct. for the taxpayer. So, um, but anyway, getting back to your campaigns. Your local level campaigns are not expensive. However, if you're going to run for county judge or mayor, they can get kind of expensive, especially when you're looking at business leaders within the community that might have had a very tight relationship with the previous administration and they don't want to lose it. So they're going to support someone who's going to get into bed with them. You need to be aware of that. You're going to have people come to you and say, hey, I had this going with so-and-so. Would you be interested in cutting the same kind of deal? What are you going to do then? And I had a state legislature tell me one time, 
If you do not know who you are as a person and that you can stick to the principles that you have, and this is why answering to a higher power helps you this way, yes. then they will find the chink in your armor and they will go after it. Absolutely. They'll crack you right open. Yep. So Jackie, I, I, I really appreciate your time. It's amazing what you're doing and I'm just fortunate to, to know you and to know that there are people out there like you that understand how important America is, understand that we can't just, we can't sit around anymore and, and just think that somebody's going to go in there and correct everything. It's, it, you know, the corruption, the good old boy network is so large. And if we, if we don't, as citizens overall, stand up to this tyranny and again the communism that's happening mm -hmm. there's there's a point in time where there will not be an ability to turn it around and my and the listeners if you're listening out there and understand that you may not want to kind of get involved but maybe somebody that you know maybe your family or your friends were talking about, well, you know, I, I want to do something about what's going on. This guy's crazy or, you know, he don't know what he's talking about. Then challenge it, go out there and do the things. I appreciate your time. I thank you so much for what you're doing. And I guarantee you uh, I'm going to bring you back on the podcast and, and continue on. Cause I'm really, I'm really more enthused about understanding the dynamics of, you know, politics or the dynamics of like you're talking about being able to get into your parties and, and, you know, getting selected for positions or, or getting support, you know, and I'd like to bring you back to talk about that. What, what are the keys to, to uh, preparing for, you know, positions in County city, you know, even the state, how do I become a, state representative or state senator, you know, those kind of things, which I know you've known lots of politicians in, in Arkansas, you know, how they got there, you know, the, the people that got there that shouldn't be there, those kind of things. So again, I appreciate your time and thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful, absolutely wonderful independence day, 245 years. America has been on this planet from a official standpoint and may God help us do another 245 years. Thank you so much. Have a great, great weekend. You too, bud. Talk to you later. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right. So where is the next great Patriot like Jackie Martin? Is it you? Is it your family? Is it your friends? If it is, you got to talk to them. Get out there in your community, make a change, fight the communism in your backyard. That's the only way we're going to get America back to the values that created us, where every person is free to determine their lives based upon their values, based upon their abilities in this country. Stand up, show up, speak up. This is the Gunny.
out.